Jesus Christ, you people suck. Wow. Wolverine on a N4G Radio. I am not zero tolerance. Uh, I am true. Yes, everybody, go ahead and get it out now. No, sir, you are not. Yeah, welcome to Phoenix Down, motherfuckers. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> um, what day is this? <laughs> so, um, yeah, today is uh, February 3rd, 2013. I do not know what episode number it is, unfortunately. Two something. Yeah, it's two something. We're, we're close. It is close. It it is Super Bowl Sunday. That's all that matters. And uh, I got a big game. We're trying to get this done so we can go enjoy some uh, some good old football and and me go to work because I got to work that night. So, but anyway, talk about some video games. So we'll start with our classic. Oh, I didn't even introduce everybody. Yeah. No, you didn't. God, I suck as a host. Wow. Okay. So we got Canvas Con, Jason Gambrell. <laughs> Greetings, Yoda programs. We got John Whitehouse. Here's Johnny. And we got the Ryan Wombat Wombold. You're the waste. <laughs> the waste. I'm the waste. I know. But anyway, let's get into fondling. Jason, I know you've been playing something. Tell me about it. Alrighty, um, well, uh, start off, I, I finally got around to playing the demo for the Metal Gear Solid Rising Revengeance, something, something like that. That's close enough. Yeah, it's a, it's a Metal Gear game where you're this cybernetic dude named Raiden and that everybody hated back in the late 90s when he was introduced in uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Everybody thought he was the lamest character ever, but once he became a cyborg in Metal Gear Solid 4, Guns of the Patriots, all of a sudden, everybody loves him. And basically, all he had to do to get popular is be Gray Fox. Pretty, Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I played that demo, um, I've not been on for a few weeks, so I wasn't able to speak about it, but I played that demo a couple of weeks back, and, um, yeah, it was, that's a, that's a pretty good game. Yeah. Oh, I, I kind of disagree. I, I'm, I really, really like, I mean, with the exception of the cameras just way too jittery, I really like the combat in that game. I like the way that it looked like a Metal Gear game. It was clearly a Metal Gear game. Yeah. But it just, the, the combat felt really good. And although I didn't get fully to grips with the, the R stick slicing mechanic, the fact mm-hmm. that you can just press the trigger and then X and he just goes, 
and does all these slice and actions for you. It's, I thought that was really clever. Um, I, I was impressed. Apart from the fact that I downloaded it on the PS3 and it crashed both times I tried to play it. Uh, and so oh. I downloaded it on the Xbox and it, that's when I got to actually finish it, finish the demo. So I, I was really, really I, would, I didn't know what to expect from that game because it's, you know, been in development hell for quite some time. And, yeah. and then it got passed over to Platinum. Um, I think, I think, I expect big things out of that. It looks really good. You know what would be really great? Is if you played two hours into that game and then the main character switched to Snake. <laughs> that would, no, that would be freaking awesome, actually. It would be that the would best troll the ever. That would yes. break the internet. I, truth be told, and this is just me, I don't think I'll like platinum games. Oh, really? I, I just can't get into them. I hated Bayonetta. Bayonetta was awesome. I hated that game. Well, I, I just didn't think it was good. What was the only it? game I mean, of theirs I haven't played is that is that Mad World. I did play Mad World. I didn't mind Mad World, but it was just like one of the. It was like a toy. It was just like, oh, run up and kill a bunch of dudes, and then that's it. You know, it was. It wasn't like I was sitting there playing a a, a story driven video game. Yeah, that's the thing about Platinum. The, it's they put all their effort in in the actual like if they're making an action game, they put all their effort into making the game look good, real good. And also making the game play really, really well. But when it usually comes to storyline in a platinum game, it's kind of like the most abs- absurd crap ever. I, I Don't you think that's that. a perfect fit? I, uh, Konami. I'm sorry, um, Kojima. Productions. It, it, it is. That's the thing about it. It's like everything fits with platinum games. I'm not going to say that platinum games makes crappy games. It's just it, they're not my cup of tea. I didn't like Vanquish. It, you didn't like Vanquish? I did not like Vanquish. I played oh, I, I played that. like the first three hours of that game and said, I don't like this. Man. It's just, oh. their games all play exceptionally well. Mm. Like their games yeah. are all really tight. And that's yeah. what you want from a game. I mean the good thing is with I think with um Metal Gear uh, Rising is that they've got a pass on the story stuff because Bayonetta bonkers uh, a completely bonkers story Vanquish yeah. is weird as well but because it's a Metal Gear game it doesn't matter that it's weird so they get a pass on that as long as the gameplay's tight and again from the demo I think that's going to be a fantastic action game yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean I, I don't know what it is about it I just couldn't get into it I tried that demo you know I played a good amount of Bayonetta and just could not get into it I don't know what it is. I mean, I love action games because I'm going to talk about one that I've been playing this week that I am absolutely in love with. But, I mean, I don't know what it is. I would give that demo another shot because I was kind of in a rush to play it. I was just like I wanted to do something else, but I wanted to try it at least. I'm going to try that demo again, and I'm sure because it's Metal Gear, I can't just skip it. You know, I mean, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan, so but I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it. To be fair, you have not gone long to wait for the, uh, the game anyway, because it's next month, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Early next month, so it's about a month away. I'm, I'm excited. I wasn't before, um, because it's that was almost a game that never came out. You know, it was one of those sort of like, are they really making it kind of thing? Um, so you kind of it loses traction with me. But that demo's got me real pumped up for it. <clears throat> oh yeah. All right. What else, uh, Jason? Let's see. I also played. Um, the demo 
for the upcoming 3DS title Fire Emblem. Mm. Which uh, I know you have played the full version and have. have reviewed it. I have. So what do you think? I think that if you own a 3DS and you remotely like role-playing games or turn-based strategy games, you need to buy this game. Totally agreed. It is one of the best strategy series out there. Uh-huh. And I think it, they do a fantastic job of telling a story, uh, having character interactions with all of your, basically all of your teammates and stuff like that, which is really cool. And it affects yeah. the gameplay. It's a very solid game. Yes. Yes, I totally agree. Um, and I mean, the, the, the cutscenes are really awesome looking. Uh, the, the, um, it's kind of funny because it's like there's several art designs. Yeah, there's on a in ton of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got the, the pre-rendered cutscenes, which are beautiful. They look like, yeah. like hand-drawn animation, but also in 3D. And they look fantastic, and I would totally mm. watch a movie in that style. Yeah. Then they you have the in-game character models, which I don't think look very good at all. They look strange. Like, they don't have feet. It's like they have hooves almost. It looks weird. <laughs> it does. Yeah. And, you know, when you're doing – like when you see a cutscene of a battle or something like that, you're going to see those character models doing that stuff. And then you have the hand-drawn stuff when you're reading text, and it's all in anime style. Yeah. So there's a ton of stuff going on, but the and whole package you, is great. And then you have the overhead strategy part. Oh, uh, yeah. looks like a straight-up SNES game. Yeah, it looks like you know, you're playing Chrono Trigger or something. Yeah. And the uh, music is fantastic. It is. It is very good. Yeah, it's really good, really good music. Um, and of course, this game is going to be an incredibly hardcore strategy game with a hardcore difficulty. If you let it, if you play on a, on probably normal difficulty with, you know, traditional mode, which means that the characters, when they die, they're dead. Yeah, they're dead for good. So, yeah, and thing is, I know, I know the, uh, the two of us, we, we played the, uh, the first Fire Emblem that was released for the Game Boy Advance here in the States. Yep. Um, whenever I would lose a character, I would always, I would just keep resetting. Oh, yeah. Resetting, resetting, resetting. I think I played one battle like five or six times. And, and the thing is though, I, I actually dropped the game after that. And it wasn't because I made up my mind and said this game sucks. It was just because something else had had come out and kind of diverted my attention from it. But but the time that I played it with the game, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, this that's that's the best way to play these games. Like if you want to play Fire Emblem or XCOM or something like that, where they have permadeath, bite the bullet, take the hit, lose that character, but keep going. Mm. If you constantly restart, you will get sick of the game. Yeah, the thing is with me, it's just, you know, it's it's a fine line because I know that if I if I play it traditional, traditionally, I'll get to, stuck in a rut and 
and just keep resetting and lose interest in the game. But at the same time, I don't, I don't want to play it casual mode because I just, I feel that, I don't know, it just, it just feels like, uh, not really cheating, but just playing something on the most absolute easiest level possible. And, and I, and I, and I don't really like doing that, but sometimes I do. Depends on the game. Yeah. Depends on the, how much time I have and stuff like that. But, um, I, I, I like to play the game the way it was initially intended to play. Yeah. It's fire. The, uh, the newest fire Emblem, fire Emblem awakening is the name of it. Yeah. It, it gets after about chapter nine or 10, they, after they've pretty much completed explaining all of the mechanics to you, they basically just let you go and say, have at it and good luck, you know? And I mean, it gets rough. I mean, that game is long. The game is very long. Um, but it's, it's also very difficult at times. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, um, I'll be, uh, playing that hopefully this upcoming week. I ordered my copy and, uh, there's rumors that this game is going to be in a manufactured in a small quantity. So it could be, um, could be a rare one so if you want it you might as well get it well it is interesting to note for the people out there that want it if you would like to get it and you can't find the physical copy they do offer it as full download on the nintendo store yes yes and that i i think that's fantastic yeah that's actually the copy that i have it's a full download oh okay yeah sweet well, and there, and there will be DLC for it too, DLC missions. Awesome. <laughs> Nintendo and DLC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, there's a new thing that, that we're doing. <laughs> we'll, well see how that works out. Yeah. Um, the last game that I played this week was the uh the brand new PS3 role playing game called Nino Cooney. Played more of it. Mm. I played a little bit more of it. Couldn't play much. Yeah, I play I think I played about an additional three hours this past week. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. And uh the game's starting to open up more. Um fantastic game. Really, really, really good. Um one of the best role playing games, like in terms of new newly released role playing games, that I've played in years. I mean, this game reminds me of SquareSoft, not Square Enix, <laughs> but SquareSoft before the Enix came into play. So, like Final Fantasy X. Yeah, well, I was thinking like more way back, like Secret of Mana and Chrono Trigger. Ah, okay. Yeah, it reminds me of like a a current gen take on a game that would have been developed back then. So that's that's how I feel about Nino Kuni. It's a fantastic game. It's whimsical. It's lots of colors. Pretty beautiful. Very um, charming. Yes, very charming. Now, I'm a big Studio Ghibli fan, so I I am going to get into that game, but I just 
it's when I don't know. <laughs> it, it, it's it's an it's an incredible game, and uh, if I can rant for just a few minutes, I love game discount rants. <laughs> Let's see how this one goes. Um, there, uh, I'm gonna kind of make a call out, but it's not a call out. I'm not gonna call out anybody by name or by website, but. Uh, there's a there's a reviewer out there who uh, gave this gave this game uh, I, what I feel to be an undesirable score compared to what the game actually the, the the way I feel about the game and I know it's kind of just a disagreement opinions but <clears throat> I mean when you give a game a a six point five out of 10, um, to me that says that the game is just average pretty much. I mean, you could, you could say that 5 is an average game, but really, I mean, to most website or magazine publications, if you played a game that's a 5 out of 10, um, I would say probably 9 out of 10 people will probably say the game pretty much kind of sucks. Um. 6.5 out of 10. I mean, uh, well, what, what are you comparing this game with? Well, well, and I know that's not a good way to, to rate a game, but at the same time, is there is there any way to make a game a, t- a 10 out of 10 when you, when you say that this game is a 6.5 out of 10? I mean, what more could they have done? I mean, could have... You know, spent another a year, another ten million dollars. You know, more Studio Ghibli cutscenes, um, additional uh, content, more dungeons, um, more streamlined uh, battle system. Um, I think that was a uh, part of the part of the complaint. I think the biggest complaint that they had was the fact that they felt that the battle system was rather boring. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's a traditional JRPG turn based. Yeah, it's it's very standard. With a um, live action um, um, component, but it still has that same trope. Of you're running on the over map. Enemy comes in contact with you, and it actually goes into a separate screen, which uh, which is where the battle takes place in, and it has a very you know, traditional RPG feel, and and to me, when uh, when stuff stuff like that is considered a complaint, is it's almost like you're you're not a fan of the genre overall. Um, Maybe they won. Yeah, and, and thing is, that, that would be like if I was to review a, I wouldn't score it hugely. You know, I, I don't. Uh, I don't know how football's played, you know. It's just, um, I don't know. I, I just, I just, um, reviewers today, they just try, they just try to be like, uh, <laughs> here, 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 here it goes. I, I feel that they, everybody's trying to be like Edge Magazine to where that, that, you know, Oh, we're not going to give any game a pass, you know. No matter how good it is, the best is eight point five, or maybe if it's super freaking awesome, maybe a nine out of ten. But 
you know, we're going to have our standards, which are going to be really tough to meet, you know, so that we can we can be more distinguishable. Yeah, but that I mean, I think that all stems from us. It's our fault that it's like this because reviewers are scared to give a, a game such a high score because it will be seen as favoritism. He's, he's obviously been paid off to give it a good score. I wouldn't yeah. give it that score. And so you end up with with certain sites and certain reviewers maybe being a little bit cautious because they're they're afraid of the backlash. Um, it's it's a fine line, and maybe the, the wrong reviewer did the review. That's a possibility. Um, maybe he just gen- genuinely didn't like it and was trying to give it as best score as he can for the merits that he felt that the the game sort of had, but. It, it, I don't. I think the problem with uh, the internet is that y- you, you can't win. You give yeah. a score. Yeah. Um, no, you give a game you a score that's too low, and oh, you well, you didn't like the game. You don't know how to play it. Yeah, or, you're a hater. You're a, yeah, absolutely. Or you give a score ten. Well, they're being paid off, so clearly a game's never a ten because no one can make the perfect game. It's a real, real tricky situation. I mean, I think we benefit from the fact that. Most of the people who read our reviews know we don't get paid, and that the I benefit uh, from the fact that if I give a score and somebody says I'm wrong, I don't give a shit. Yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and it's also, I mean, Ken does a great job of trying to marry up the right game to the right reviewer, but we're in a position where you know we're we're not make we're not we're not not on the site for making money. We're, we're here to do for the love of the game, so it's. It, it, we're in an advantage that a lot of reviewers, uh, you know, don't have, and you have to bear that in mind. It's it's a, it's really rocky out there, and you can get called out for for anything, and it might just be your honest opinion. That's, that's it. Um, another another dilemma that I think could be a part of this is, um, and I've heard other podcasts talk about it. And that's the dilemma of too many great games coming out at one time. And, uh, not just, not just in the holiday season, but overall, um, like throughout a whole year, um, there's, there's so many great and fantastic games that are coming out that, cause back in the day, you know, give a game a out of 10 was like an event you know this game's a 10 out of 10 oh i must buy it because you know there's there's not many games that are that are near perfect i mean of course there's no there's no such thing as a perfect game but you know this game is kind of close but (laughs) back in the day back in the 80s and in the 90s whenever a game would get a super high score it was like oh wow I, i must own this game you know, because there were, you know, two or three games that might come out in one month, you know, between the Nintendo and Master System, you know, and, uh, but nowadays video games are just everywhere, you know. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, it's part, <clears throat> part of the responsibility in picking the right game now falls upon the person buying it because, Whereas before, as you said, you know, earlier on, you, you know, back in the day, you had a couple of games coming out for a couple of systems, and you also had the 
um, lack of the internet. Yeah. So when these games came out, you, people would read Nintendo magazine or you know computer and video game magazine, um, and they'd read the opinions of it. And you know, no one, no one really. I mean, maybe people took more um, notice of the reviews back then because there weren't that many or as many around. In the day and age of the internet, you've got several, you know, countless rev- review outlets for video games. Yeah. But you've also got the ability to check out videos for yourself, yeah. check out demos. You've got, you know, all of these tools at your disposal, just the average man to find out, you know, what the game is about. And the onus is kind of not so much on them, but you know, of course people want to read reviews, they want to get an idea, but I don't read a review, when I read it, well, when I read a review, I don't read to find out whether the person playing it liked the game. I find out, um, I wanted to read it to find out what the game is like, to think whether I will like that game. Because everyone has opinions, opinions differ. I just want to read a review to get someone's opinion, and to maybe find out You know, what this game is about, is it a, a, a RPG? Does it have this element? Does it have that element? You know, is it, does it focus on this, that? Does it have an intriguing story, good voice work, stuff like that? And I then make the decision based upon all of the various pieces of input that I can uh, garner about the game. And so I don't think reviews are overly important to make, you know, if you're picking a reviewer to help you make your or to make your mind up for you then maybe you shouldn't be buying a lot of video games because <laughs> you you kind of it's it the review is a one part or one piece of uh you know a whole range of ways that you can get information about that game to help you make your mind up it's there to aid you to give you um a nudge one way or the other. It's, it's not telling you go buy this game or don't go buy this game. Uh, I think that the internet has a voice and that's a good thing when it comes to, you know, getting games and getting ideas, but it's also a bad thing when it comes to people venting anger and, you know, shooting them out of off because they don't particularly like a game or a console or a genre. <clears throat> yeah. People are individual. They make their own minds up based upon the information they've got. And our job as reviewers are there to help them with that and to give our honest opinion, not to tell them to not buy the game or buy the game. Yeah. I've never, I never, when I write a review, I mentioned in probably a small paragraph about the problems I had with it and what I really thought about it. But for the most part, my review is talking about the mechanics and if they work or not. So I mean that's just that's just the way I write a review. Yeah. You know I want to give you information. I don't want to give you. I mean I give you my opinion a little bit, but I want to tell you about the game, not tell you my experiences with the game. As more as let me tell you how this game works. See if you actually like it. Then at the end I'll be like, and this is what I kind of thought about it. I think the movement was kind of jittery or some shit like that. You know. So. But anyway, all right. Jason, anything else you played? That is it. That is it. You got yes. future stuff. You got a Fire Emblem Awakening coming to you pretty soon. Yep, and I want to get back into Persona 4 Golden. Okay, that's a good one. 
All right. Well, we'll move on to John then. Now, speaking of Persona 4 Golden, uh-huh. um, I'm going to like leave that because there's only two games I've kind of really played um, this last week. Um, uh, first of all, I picked up DMC Devil May Cry for the PC. Yes, I am reviewing that. Um, I am actually, I've only, to be, you know, I'll lie out up front, to be honest, I have only played the first two chapters. Okay. Um, I'm very, very impressed with it. Mm-hmm. It looks phenomenal on the PC. I don't know how it looks on the, the consoles or whatnot, but on the PC it looks amazing. Yeah. Um, I like how the second level is not only a tutorial, but also acts as a, um, back, a flashback backstory, kind of getting you not only used to the controls, but also used to the character. Yeah. I don't see what the, all the hoo-ha is about um, Dante. Yeah. Um, but as you, we mentioned earlier, hate has got hate. Uh-huh. And I think so far the voice work has been phenomenal. I think... But I can't really go on about much more. I think the, the, the boss battle in the first level is epic, and that's I'm just thinking, that's the first level? Shit. What have I got to come? There's some even more epic boss battles. It's 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 pretty. I'm, I'm really pleased that I picked it up, and I'm, I think I might be pleased that I picked it up on PC as well. It was, um, well, I say I got it cheaper. I didn't. I, I paid the same price, but I got um, three and four thrown in on Steam uh, with That's the bundle. So yeah, for for the same price as a console version, if I'd have bought it on console, um, I think I've got a, a pretty good pretty good deal. So um, I'll, I'll leave it at that for that game. But uh, I'm enjoying it so far. Um, the second game I've played is Persona 4 Golden. And boy, nice. have I played a lot of Persona 4 Golden. Really? <laughs> oh my god, this could be <laughs> the best game I've ever fucking played. Now, have you played a Persona game before? N- yeah, n- no, not really. Okay. Um, first of all, I, I think on the last podcast I asked you about what type of game it is. I'd kind of, I hadn't, you know, Giant Bond done that massive marathon with it. I hadn't really gone into a lot of watching that. Um, I wanted to know, you know, I liked a JRPG, but I've not really enjoyed one um, since Final Fantasy X so much. Um, and I didn't know whether I wanted to invest in that. And then I thought, well, I'm going to have to wait till March anyway. And you know what? I thought, fuck it. I uh, went on Amazon. It was a UK seller selling an import copy from the States. PSV is region free. It was only thirty five quid. I'm gonna get it. I'll take the plunge. Oh my god! I've had it since Wednesday morning. I've played thirteen hours of it. Ooh, nice! That game is phenomenal, and it isn't just about the combat, which is incredibly slick. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the characters and the voice acting is amazing. Mm-hmm. I have never been so in deeply entrenched in a video game. I don't think ever. It's been a long time, at least. I haven't had this much fun with a JRPG since Final Fantasy X. I haven't had. I've, I haven't felt that I need to constantly play and get sucked in since Final Fantasy X. Um, it, you know, it looks fantastic on the uh, uh, PlayStation VR. I d- again, I don't know how it looked on 
the PlayStation 2, but they've done a cracking job of high-resing it and or HDing it up for the Vita. Um, the combat system, although it seems complicated with the various personas and then the cards, it's given to you in such a way that it's sort of spoon-fed to you, and so you pick it up easily. And it wasn't long before I was fighting with the best of them. But it is the character the characters that really shine. You know, they've got a great bunch of, of characters. Teddy is hilarious. And the voice acting, I don't know, it just seems perfect. The voice acting is really good. And I found myself chuckling at some of the stuff that they, these group of, these gang of kids would get up to. And not, you know, it's not funny, but it's, I don't know, it's like watching a movie that's not a comedy, but there are moments in it that you just go, <laughs> and you kind of, if you see what I mean, yeah, it's so well written, and I care for the characters. Yeah, you know, it's, it's something that you you really don't get nowadays. Um, and I can't believe I've played thirteen hours of it. How far? How far are you exactly? Like, how many bosses have you fought? I have. Um, I'm going to try, obviously, not to spoil too much. And it is, to be fair, a what five year old game. It's four at this moment. Yeah. Uh, but it's um, I've got my main crew and I've done the persona battles there, and I've just gone on to the biker guy and I'm up to the final battle of him. Ah, so yeah, okay. Sweet. So it's um, it, it's odd because it's what I, what the sort of thing that I had to acclimatize myself to was the fact that with most JRPGs like Final Fantasy, obviously the ones that I'm familiar the most with is that you would, you're thrown into a map, you're thrown into a, a town, a village, this that, and the other, there you go. Whereas this is because of the way that it's time based and it's all built upon days and weather patterns. You kind of, there isn't, you, you, you're given certain freedoms, but you're also given structure to how the, the, the passing of time, which I, it kind of took a little while for me to get used to. Like, for example, of an evening, you can only do one thing. You want to work, you then can't hang out with your friends. And it took a little while to get used to, but I actually really see the benefits of it now because you're having to choose. If you work, you earn money, and that improves certain abilities such as your diligence, your knowledge, um, your, your understanding. If you go, if you do that, then you can't spend time with your friends, which can increase the strength of your personas yep. and build up your um, uh, fusion ability with those and what cards you find and can use in the dungeons. Um, or you can go to practice or band practice or um, deliberation uh, meetings. And it's, it's, it's weighing up your time. It's, it's kind of it time management. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. You just, you got to figure out what you're going to do with your day. Absolutely. And you want to, the thing is, you want to do everything because, I mean, you, you've got this family, the uh, Dejima and uh, Nara. Nara uh, this is Nanako. Nanako. This is a problem I have with all Japanese RPGs. I cannot pronounce the names. Um, Nanako. And she, she, the character's amazing. You want to spend time with her because as you, uh, not to start off with, but as you get like maybe 10 hours into the game, you can then, she can help build up your persona by spending time with her. And you feel like you've got to spend time with her because she's such a great character. Um, yeah. And then you've, I don't, it's mind-blowing how great this game is. I I cannot believe that I didn't play this when this came out on the PS2. I've, I've been saying it since I played that game. Persona 4 is one of the best role-playing games that have ever been made. 
and I'm so pleased that they brought it out on Vita because um, the PS2 one is you've got more chance of striking oil in your backyard as far as a copy of that um, at the moment because it's rare, uh, especially in the UK. The fact that it's come out on the Vita, it means I can play it while, you know, just casually watching a bit of TV with the heat up. I haven't got to fire up a big console to play it. Um, And it just just feels fantastic. I mean, it doesn't utilise any of the touchscreen or anything like that. Not, well, as far as I've seen yet. There is a TV channel thing which does, but uh, with the exception of a couple of sort of screen touches, it doesn't really utilise it much. Um, So I haven't got to worry about that. I just sit down, fire it up, and away I go. Does it have uh, trophies? Yes, it does. That's awesome. Yeah, it does indeed. Um, I, I really can't recommend this. If you like JRPGs and you've you've got a Vita and you've not come across Persona, I mean, I would say I did kind of play a little bit of Persona Three, but never got into it. I probably only played an hour or two. Um, but this this struck me straight away and has sucked me in to the point where I, I literally am doing nothing else with my spare time other than putting Persona 4 on. Um, and so the combat's fantastic. Um, turn-based, you can control one or all of your party. You can set them to do, you know, you can bring in that tactical element where you can uh, get them to focus on attack or whether support for healing and, um, you know, raising uh, attack and uh, defence. Or you can just go out and and do all of them individually and control each party member. And you've got those special attacks where if you uh, have... uh, Say you've got an enemy that's resistant to fire, um, and lock them down. And if you knock all of them down in like you've got four enemies, you then go into a, like a rush mode where you can all bundle on the enemy doing them extra damage. I love it, doing that. The all out attack. Yeah. yeah. That's, it, oh yeah, that's, it's it's so good. Um, I'm really pleased. Uh, I this could be my game of the year. I can't see me having more fun. And technically, I can call it my game of the year because it came out in the UK. <laughs> I don't know if I can I, I get away fully with that one, but I think I'm, I... so thrilled. <laughs> I'm so thrilled with that game. Awesome. Yeah, uh, I loved it. I... <laughs> Speaking of reviews, I, I gave it a 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, <laughs> money hat. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I, I love Persona 4. Uh, fantastic game. So I, I I love it so much that um I actually kind of want to buy like other things that are Persona Four like like uh, I actually ordered the first volume of the of the uh, the anime. I hear that anime is actually really well done. It is fantastic. See, I I was looking because I I did something similar. Where I thought, oh, I wonder if I can get myself some uh, some Persona stuff. You know, is there Persona stuff out? And there's the, but what I'm worried is gonna, cause the, the anime is, is the story. So yes. I don't want that now because I don't want the story spoiled for me outside yes. of the game. So I've, I've got to be wary with that one because I, you know, at the moment I have no clues about what's going on. You've got this killer that's, uh, uh well, appears to be throwing these, uh, victims into this other world. Uh, through the TV, and I don't want that. Spell. I want to be able to help and solve the 
history and be, you know, amazed and surprised and astounded by as things unfold and who else am I going to see in the dream? Who, you know, at the moment you've, you've got your four main characters, uh, and I'm kind of wondering, oh, who's going to be the next victim? Who else is going to show up on the TV? Who have I seen? Who have I met recently? And it's, it's all part of that mystery that I want to kind of experience as I play the game. Yeah, the the way that I'm approaching, like, uh, watching the anime is that I'll watch it up to the point where, um, where I'm at in the game and I won't watch it any further. Because apparently isn't the anime voiced by the same people who voiced the PS Vita version? You know, it, it, it definitely sounds like it. It definitely sounds like it. I'm sure it's a review that said that with the exception of one of them, maybe they're voiced. Maybe I think it might have been Teddy or Chie. Um, I think it was Chie. That was, I think it was Chie, but the uh, the person they they got to voice Chie <clears throat> still sounds exactly like her. Because I think she's the best character. She's hilarious. Yeah. Yep. Same here. Same here. Um, yeah. Um, the, the anime is uh, absolutely fantastic, and it's it's kind of funny watching it because it's like deja vu, big time. <laughs> well, but, the anime cutscenes. I mean, you don't get many of them in the game, but you know they're prevalent yeah. cutscenes. I think they're in the game. They're fantastically done there as well. Yes, yes, totally agree. Um, it, it's just kind of funny to see like a a kind of a movie ish interpretation of of what what I've been through, you know, playing the game. Um, it's just kind of interesting to actually see it like unfold in like an actual like motion picture, like anime type of uh, genre. Um, another thing that's cool about the anime, it uses the exact same music from the game. <laughs> the music is quite good. Yes. Anyway, John, anything else? That's everything. That's all I have played worth talking about, I think. Okay. And uh, what do you pick it up next week? Anything special? Um, I will definitely be playing more of Persona. I think at this point that's a given. Uh, I will try some DMC, but um, I've been invited on this two-bit shoddy podcast. <laughs> hosted by some real sleaze bag. Yeah. And apparently um, I've got to play some heavily sword to discuss that Mm -hmm. so i'll be playing some heavily sword this week oh there you go Mm. all right ryan all right um well i only played two things this week so it'll be well three things but um i've been uh, you know just every now and then when i actually have time to play games on a console i've just been playing more assassin's creed 3 just cleaning up some achievements and plus like i said last week i just have fun running through the frontier and murdering people did you say Assassin's um, Creed 3? Yeah. Are you sure? Positive. It's not 2014 yet. I know. Yeah, and I already finished it and everything. It's crazy. <laughs> hey! Um, <laughs> so, but uh, like I said, I just like, you know, I'm a big fan of the frontier in this game and hiding in trees and hanging people from them as they walk past. And uh, I just... this. This game does a great job of giving you a whole lot of fun ways to murder people, which is probably the most psychologically disturbing sentence I've ever said in my life. Um, but I think you're looking forward to the um, King. 
yeah, the tyranny of the, the tyranny of King Washington or uh, whatever it's going to be called. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm curious to see where they go with it. Isn't that um, meant to be an offshoot, like an wave type thing? A bit like what's that? Um, isn't that meant to be like an offshoot, like a what if type thing? Yeah, it's a uh, alternate history. A bit uh, like uh, where, Red Dead with the Undead Nightmare. Yeah, essentially yeah. where George Washington uh, decides to just become king uh, and and be a tyrant. So um, <laughs> it'll be interesting to to see how that goes. Uh, I'm a uh, as as mentioned before, I'm a big history buff, particularly revolutionary history. So uh, I'm really curious to see where they go with that. Um, but most of my time this week has been spent playing Puzzles and Dragons, uh, which again oh, yeah. is just freaking awesome. Uh, and still, I still don't think that's appeared in the UK yet. I'm really annoyed. As you, uh, oh, just wait, because when it gets there, you're gonna play the crap out of it. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to it when that does eventually turn up. The uh, it's so awesome because they do like different events on different days where you can get you have an extra high likelihood of getting different characters or like on the weekends the weekend special weekend dungeons give you extra coins. Um, Good luck fighting those though. So I get killed my fun. three hits. Well, you just gotta you gotta have a strong enough team for the dungeon that you're going into. Um, that's the key. So, like, the Metal Dragon dungeon's really not that hard. You just got to have a team that's got a lot of HP and has enough attack power to take them down. Um, and you got to start on the low difficulty levels if you've got a weak team. But um, uh, just, you know, like, I never thought that I would enjoy a game like this where I'm, like, basically farming monster collections so I can <laughs> feed them to other monsters because I know... That if I feed that monster to that monster and then feed him to the bigger monster, I'm going to get enough experience to level up and then I can evolve into a new monster. And it's like, like I said, I never played Pokemon, so this is all brand new for me. Uh, and I'm ha having a blast with it. So I've played the crap out of this game. Um, probably an unhealthy amount. <laughs> but um, uh, also, other than that, the only other game I've been playing is... yeah. Uh, can I ask you, uh, just curious, uh, what rank are you currently? 23? Wow, I'm only rank 9. Okay, uh, how about this? Um, I got my wife into it. Yeah. 37. <laughs> wow. I'm, I'm telling you, man, it's addicting. <laughs> it is addicting, I mean, it totally is. It's one of the most addicting games I've ever played. Um... Especially, and it's especially awesome because it's free. Now, you know, there's in-app, I'm 26, by the way. Um, there's in-app purchases that you can use to, like, boost your stuff or get extra magic stones. But, I mean, I'm 26 and I've never used any of those. So, um, for free, it's awesome. Everybody who has an iPhone should have it on there. I yep. can't. Uh, <clears throat> I know you can't. Well, you can. You just have to find some backdoor way to get on. Oh, the yeah, you can. Floor. You have to change your... Yeah, I don't want to be doing that. I want... Yeah, that's too, way too much hard work. Maybe you could find, like, the, a barcode scanner. Like, um, you know, look for it online and maybe just scan it and you could automatically download it. Mm, yeah, I could try that. Yeah, you never know. Nah. Mm, yeah, maybe. <clears throat> so, um, other than that, though, I have been playing an iOS game for review... Um, it's called Heroes and Castles. 
Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have heard of it, but it's really awesome. Really? And it's like, it's a, um, it's sort of a odd little mix where it's almost like, um, a third person action game. Um, but it's also kind of a tower defense game and it's also kind of a real time strategy game. Um, sounds a bit confusing to me. It's, yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a lot at first, but it does a good job of teaching you how to play and sort of building you into it. But essentially what you do is you pick your hero, and there are three different heroes right now. There's a knight, a paladin, and an engineer. Um, and the engineer's got like a rifle or whatever, and the, the paladin's got a, a shield and uh, can help sort of buff your uh, allies. And then the knight is just your standard hack and slash character. But you, you, you have to fight off waves of undead that attack your castle and basically protect the castle from being destroyed. And you control it from, like, third-person action right behind the character perspective. And you can run around and slash up the bad guys yourself. But while you're doing that, you're also earning gold uh, every second. And you can buy, like, gold mines or whatever to increase your rate, just like you would in a real-time strategy game. Um, and then with that gold, you can buy units. So you can have archers that walk along your wall and shoot arrows at uh, undead as they get close. Or you can buy pikemen to go out and help you fight. Um, you can buy these just peons that come out with a pitchfork and fight off guys, too. And then... Also, you can you can buy like an arrow tower or whatever that'll sit and shoot arrows for you. Um, and anytime you run low on health, you can run back behind your walls and uh, heal for a little while. But while you're doing that, obviously you're not out on the field and you're kind of relying on all your people to take care of the the monsters. So, Sounds a lot like Dungeon Defenders. Uh, I haven't played that. That's a fantastic game. But anyway, continue. But, the uh, but Heroes and Castles is really great. It's one. It's a dollar ninety nine. Um, there's a ton of content, and uh, they're supposed to be rolling out some brand new content here really soon. That's going to add two extra playable characters and the ability to play as the undead while and siege the castle. Um, so it, it's I, I can't recommend it enough. It's a really great game, especially for a dollar ninety nine. So if you like. Um, strategy games or even action hack and slash games, resource management games, um, it's definitely worth checking out. And is, uh, is also on Android early in the week. Um, I don't know if it's on Android or not. To be honest with you, I can check though for you right now. Hold on. I was about to say I could just bring up my Android phone and look. Yeah, let me look right now. Yeah, you lazy bastard. Look yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I just, if you had the information readily available, that's the reason yeah, why I'm asking. I can't remember. Let me. I'm looking right now. You know, I was about to buy the game, but I, I lack fifty cents. <laughs> oh, nice. oh, dear. <laughs> it is not available on Android. It looks like. Okay. Looks like it's just iOS right now. All right. So. It does look really cool. It is. It's a lot of fun and. uh uh, it gets pretty tough. So, but it's a great, it's a great, uh, great game to have on iPhone just to play when you're not playing Puzzle and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> or Jetpack Joyride. Or Jetpack Joyride. Or Punch Quest, which is also awesome. There you go. Yes. I don't know if you guys have played Punch Quest, but if oh, you have, yes. that's a uh, great game too. <laughs> well, anything else, Ryan? Nope, that's pretty much it. 
All right, and next week, or this coming uh, week? This coming week is more Puzzles and Dragons. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll probably send Assassin's Creed back and get either Halo 4, because I haven't played it yet, or uh, Far Cry 3. Ah, two fantastic games. Yeah, I uh, I haven't decided which one. Uh, I'm, I've got both of them on my list, so really it's kind of up to chance um, which one they send me. But I'm not really I, – I want to play both of them, so I'm not really all that fussed about which one I get first. Yeah. Far Cry 3 will chew up some time. That's what I've heard. It's an amazing game. Well, uh, I guess I could talk about the stuff that I did. I also played DMC, Devil May Cry. Um, go a little bit more into detail uh, about it. That game is my game of the year as of right now. That game is freaking amazing. <laughs> and if anybody out there is saying they don't want to play it because of what Dante looks like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and you need to play this game. This is one of the best action games I've ever played. It's, it's very smooth. And the way that they've done it so that you can switch between your, your weapons on the flying yeah. is is really, really well done. They have done a fantastic job. It feels like a Devil May Cry game should play. Um, it has a coherent story, like Ken said. I will say it too. I really don't know what happened in the first three Devil May Crys. This one, I totally understand what's going on, and I can follow the story. They've done a fantastic job. They have done an amazing job making the facial animations work. Looks incredible. Ninja Theory has something that nobody else has besides what Team Bondi or what Bondi, whatever the hell that was that did uh, L.A. Noir. Team Bondi, yeah. Yeah, it's it's right up there. With them. Yeah, well, they, they do all that motion capture stuff, don't they? I mean, they did it with uh, Heavenly Sword and Enslaved. Yeah. They just make it look just fantastic. Yeah, they did a Getting great Getting real actors job. in. And and it's it's a fun, it's funny, it's it's very well done and very sincere. It, it looks great. I think it is it is the action game to get as of right now. Didn't sell well, though, did it? I don't know. Did it? I don't know. I don't when, know. It's, it's difficult. I don't know whether it has or hasn't. Uh, well, it, to say. did it only come out? Well, it depends because it was released like a week later on the PC. And, well, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm not too sure. Fingers crossed. I, I, I think after playing that and having not overly enjoyed a Devil May Cry game for a while, you know, it'd have been okay, but none that I'd say were, you know, groundbreaking or outstanding. Um, it's it's the first one that I've I've really enjoyed so what I've played of it so far, so I think it deserves to do well. Oh yeah, definitely. I think this is one game to get. And if you can get and the PC version, that's the best version to get. It's what it's what it needed. I mean it got stale, it needed a reboot, it needed a whole new fresh of eyes uh, on it, and I think that's what it got and I think it's all the better for it. Yeah. Um but yeah, I played uh, DMC, played a lot of that actually. I uh, gotta review that. Um, should have that review up uh, either today or tomorrow. Talking Monday at least. Um, but yeah, uh, played that. Um, I talked about Omuerta, City of Gangsters. I played that demo. There's a video up on the website now. Never heard of that. It's uh, basically XCOM with 1930s gangsters. Okay. Um, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, let's see. 
I want to say that's pretty much it. Besides, I played a little bit of Nino, Nino Cooney, um, but not much to even talk about. And I played a, a decent amount of um, Heavenly Sword, which a decent amount means I'm halfway through it. So yeah, That's not a long game, is it? <laughs> no, that's, that's like, what, two hours? Yeah, it's only a four-hour game from what I hear. So I could probably beat that in about two sittings. Yeah, so I'm going to do it all on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. Unfortunately, that's pretty much it. A lot of time being put up in Devil May Cry. Um, that game is amazing. I, I can't stress it enough. If anybody out there is on the line or on the fence thinking about, nah, I don't know if I should pick it up. Pick it up because I mean, it's it's that fun. It's that good, and some of the stuff that you do in this game is insane, and it works. That's the great thing about it. There's never been a time where I'm like. Uh, you know, the game fucked up on me or something like that. It's so smooth. And I can't suggest it enough. But yeah, my full review for the PC version should be live this week sometime. Um, as far as this coming up week goes, I'm going to play some more Devil May Cry. Um, uh, when I beat that game, I totally want to go back and play it again on a different difficulty. Um... More Heavenly Sword. I'm going to try to jump into some Nino Kuni. I'm also going to be playing um, uh, it's a shooter called Primal Carnage. It's um, it's a shooter that came out uh, last year, around October, I believe. Uh, basically, think of it like Team Fortress, but one team is hunters and the other team are dinosaurs. Oh. Hmm, okay. Um. I played a little bit of it, but not even enough to talk about. Uh, I want to do a video of it, and uh, kind of waiting on Ken because he said he got a copy of it too, and he kind of want to do like a co-op video with me. So I'm kind of waiting on that, but um, I will be playing some more of that this week. But that's pretty much it. Um, we can jump into some of the news. Um, the first of the smaller. All right, the first of the big but small news is uh, the fact that uh, Grand Theft Auto V got a release date, finally. <laughs> and um, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Well, what did you expect? You didn't expect it to actually come out when they first promised, did you? No, but I mean they're going to launch this thing in September, mid-September – I'm, I'm speculating a, a new console will be coming out mid-September. I mean, well, I, I mean, I don't know. What, what do if you there's do? a game that, that can go up against that, it's Grand Theft Auto. I'm sure it I is. Mean, regardless, there that game's going to sell. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, could there possibly be a third or fourth platform that that game's available on? Of course. So is that possibility that maybe they oh, – that, that's unlikely, but maybe they are going to release it on the Xbox and PS3 and then the next Xbox and the PS4 maybe as a as a, a launch title when they're available. Maybe they could do that. It's, as I say, it's unlikely, but I don't know. It just it, – it's timing seem, doesn't seem fantastic, but it'll settle well, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it will too. I mean, it's Grand Theft Auto. It's right – it's – it, if anything could be called 
the biggest competitor to Call of Duty, it would be Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, I think. I mean, the. I mean, I know it's a it, the the time frame's a little bit different, but you got to remember that San Andreas only came out about five months before the 360 did, um, and it's still, that game still did okay. Yeah. Just oh yeah. That. Let's see here. Uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken PC version getting the character DLC uh, on uh, this Wednesday, Meh. and it's going to be temporarily only five dollars. So instead of paying twenty bucks for characters that's on the disc, you can pay five bucks for characters oh, that's on the disc. Generous of them. I know. Mm. Um, unfortunately, I don't own the PC version, so it doesn't help me out any. <laughs> oh man so in 2012 the uh, developer of Minecraft Mojang he uh, released saying how much his revenue was for the year 200, 237 million dollars oh fuck wow huh. that's awesome that's insane Shit. that's that's uh, I don't know that that's really I think that's really exciting. I, the I fact think it's that, uh, somebody who was who was basically a small indie developer made one awesome game and made two hundred and thirty seven million dollars last year. I think the fact that that's still possible in the industry is pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Now uh, obviously but I think it's impressive that that's still possible. It's crazy. On the side note, did you see the um Game of Thrones Minecraft thing. No. I heard about it. They'd I didn't re- see it, though. They'd recreated... I, I'm not into Game of Thrones, so the, the Castle Kingdom of the, the main one. King's yeah. Landing? King's Landing. That's it. King's Landing. They'd re- recreated that in Minecraft, like, you know, square foot for square foot. Sweet. It was pretty impressive. I mean, I'm, I say I don't even know what that looks like. I've not seen... Um, Game of Thrones, but looking at what they've done, it's amazing. Wow. Let's see here. Uh, the UK getting some Hello. DLC for uh, Injustice Gods Among Us. It's the uh, special edition with Red Sun. It's going to be uh, based on. Um, Let's see here. Special edition version comes with the exclusive Steel Book and Red Sun DL pack. DLC pack. The pack DLC includes 20 missions set in the Red Sun timeline and three character skins for Superman, Wonder Woman, and Solomon Grundy. That is fantastic. Has anybody read the Red Sun Superman comic? I have not. No. That's fantastic in the fact that you, you best won't be guessing it. This is true. North American players will have their own limited edition options, as Injustice Gods Among Us also has a collector's edition and battle edition. Uh. See here. You like Nino Cooney? You like getting familiars? On February 12th, we're going to be getting North America. We'll be getting a, uh, a previously UK exclusive, uh, familiar for free called yeah, the Dragon. So <laughs> Back at you. <laughs> we get the dragon familiar. <laughs> I see. Well, to be fair, it's only been out two days in this country, so. It's just true. <laughs> and if you want me to slap you one more, uh, one more time, um, 
have you seen the February lineup for the European PSN? Yes, and I don't care. So whatever. I have not. Yeah. Sleeping Dogs. Wow. And F1 or F1 Race Stars, which bear in mind that came out in November. Wow. And I think for the uh, Vita, you've got Wipeout 2048 and what else was it? I can't remember, but the Wipeout 2048. Sleeping Dogs is unbelievable considering yeah. that's that came out, what, August last year? That's my game of the year. Fantastic game. Free next week. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, good deal, I think. Yep. Let's see here. There's a rumor saying the countdown site hints that Prey 2 will be revealed on March 1st. I thought that got canned. It, wouldn't ha- it hasn't been canceled. It's actually it's been on a hiatus as far as development oh, goes. <laughs> well, I mean, they, I guess they saved everything that they had done for it. Um, I don't know. You're asking me. I have no clue. It, the first Prey was okay for a early Xbox game. I liked the first Prey. It was a good little it. shooter. It was okay, yeah. Just, I, I mean, from from what I understand, Prey 2 has absolutely nothing to do with Prey 1. So, but anyway, as that's just... Se- as a good sequel should. Yeah, that's just the, that's just the small rumor. Uh, there's also a new... Well, not a new rumor. There, a new Sherlock Holmes... Game has been announced and it's going to be used in the Unreal Engine 3. Let's hope that they figure out how to make children's faces not look creepy. <laughs> is it going to be, uh, is it going to be Sherlock Holmes like the, uh, uh, like the last one? What do you call it? Robert Downey oh, Sherlock no. Holmes? No, no, no. Uh, it's made by the same people who made all the other Sherlock Holmes. Some of them have been point and click adventure games, but recently they have been making actual, like, not necessarily action games. Imagine L.A. Noir, but without the shooting and running and chasing dudes. Basically just walking around investigation scenes. Uh, this new Sherlock Holmes series is going to be called Crimes and Punishments. Uh, developed by Frogwares, the same guys that did the rest of them. And it'll be coming out on PC, 360, and PS3 sometime in 2013. So there you go. And I'm looking through, and I don't see anything too spectacular. So we'll just go ahead and get into the um to the biggest news that has been come out. Mm. Um. So Sony released a five second trailer. It well, seemed like a forty about forty four seconds. seconds. Oh man! Both way. Yeah. It could have been if five seconds. Well, that forty four seconds is significant. Yeah. The, uh, but it could have been five seconds saying, hey, February 20th, be there. But or why should we be there? Why, Drew? Why? Well, I think it has something to do with um, some some piece of technology called – it has the number four in its name. Vita price drop. Vita price drop. I think that's going to be the biggest Vita, one. The Vita Slim. Move two. Move two. That's what was going to be announced, the move two. Yeah. Maybe it's just like, oh, this is what we're bringing to PlayStation Plus next month. So enjoy. Doing an this. excellent job, Jeremy. Yeah. God, I hope to have Jeremy back. <laughs> oh yeah, Medieval Moves too. Oh, I just can't wait. 
But um, before we even get into that, because obviously what everybody's thinking is they're going to announce the PlayStation 4 on February 20th on this, this special event that they're having. But before we get into that, I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit to the emails because we got an email that actually regarding this. So instead of us talking about this stuff and then going to the email and saying, well, we've already talked about that, we're going to talk about it right now. So the email comes from – it actually came from our Facebook page. It's from a fellow named Jeff. He says, hey, hey all. Hopefully you get this before the recording of the podcast. I had a question for you. Yeah, we did. Congratulations. Uh, do you think Sony is going to be the victim of its own hype in the media? What I mean by this is they have said nothing publicly about the PS4 being announced at the February 20th conference. But it seems that everyone is popping their PS4 load so much it's like a Peter North party. <laughs> uh, what happens if it's not a PS4 announcement but what they're going to do with Gaikai, uh, which is what I'm thinking it's going to be, or some other announcement? Don't get me wrong. I would love to see a PS4 reveal, but I'm remaining cautious. Well, have a good one, and I love the talk last week about how kids – our kids will think what we have now is ancient relics when they reach our age. Well, thank you for the email. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we – let's answer his questions. What does everybody think this is going to be? I think there's – I would be very shocked if it's not PlayStation 4. They've, yes. they've never done a PlayStation meeting, which is what – this is called um, without revealing new technology. Um, in 2005, they had a PlayStation meeting to reveal the PS3. In uh, 2000, when was that? 2010, 2011, they had a PlayStation meeting to reveal the Vita uh, or NJP, as it was called at the time. Uh, I would be now. You know, there's a. Is there a chance that it's the Gakai thing? Sure, but I would be very shocked if it's not PlayStation I, 4. I mean, I, I think he's right in the fact that this. I think. Gaikai is going to be announced or not Gaikai. I think whatever Gaikai is becoming is going to be as part of this. But I think it is the PlayStation 4. I think this is a case of, here you go, this is what it looks like. Have a look at some of these brilliant, gorgeous looking um, games that are uh, running on it. This is a service we're going to have. See you at E3. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, I... as I was mentioning to you guys before the podcast, I think uh, it, th it's a fantastically clever move. You c free E3 up from all of that crap. When's it going to get announced? Is it going to be announced? You free all of that up and literally concentrate on the games. You know, you've seen it. Here's the, some. Here's the launch lineup. Possibly, here's the launch date and price. Maybe, but. While Microsoft is still stumbling around trying to announce their console, PlayStation have uh, are blowing your mind with new stuff, and and you're going to be the months leading up or between uh, February and uh, and June uh, for E3. You know, it's going to be everyone's going to be talking about the PlayStation Four. It's going to wet our appetite so much for it. Very very clever move, and it's what they needed to do. Yeah, and I, I thought I heard yesterday that uh, Xbox also announced some sort of announcement for March or April, but um, well, that uh, would be correct or not. That would be a um, Twitch reaction to what's happened because right. um, Major Nelson's countdown was E3, wasn't it? So, like, it's coming or the wait is over. 
And right. I think I think they're going to be watching this very closely, and they may have to change their plans and maybe do something in March because they don't want to be the only manufacturer announcing their console at E3, not while Sony. You know, bearing in mind that Microsoft goes first, Sony then can blow them away with, <laughs> what? Uh, that's just been announced. You know about our stuff. Look at this. Look at the launch lineup. Look at how great. I can, see, I can see Trenton doing that on stage. He'll, he'll, they, so you can see why Yeah. Microsoft may have to change their plans because, and it, you know, Kazurai came out last week and said, we're going to wait to see what the competitors are going to do. It was a, you know, a clever little try, you know, uh, a diversion trying to maybe, you know, take the the some of the heat off of it. And now, I mean, this this thing is it's got to be the PlayStation Four. What on earth are they going to announce at a special meeting where all the press is inv- invited? What else and investors. Be? That's the yeah. other side. Of yeah. It. Yeah. So what, what's it going to be? It's not going to be like I say. It's not going to be the Move Two. It's not going to be the Vita Slim. It's not going to be a new coloured PlayStation Three Slim. It's it's going to be the the PlayStation 4 and I'm I'm excited. That's that's the biggest thing for me is that one of the reasons why everybody's asked me if you could only get one what would you get it would be the PlayStation 4 due to the fact that Sony realizes they kind of got their ass kicked by the Xbox this gen. And they've only just recovered. Yeah, they they know that the only way they can get the competitive edge against the Xbox is to be the first one out of the gate. And I think that they got they got some things up their sleeves that I really really want to see, and I yeah. think I, I think that this gen is going to be dominated by the PlayStation Four because I think they were on top and they fell from grace because they got too cocky with the PS3, and I think that with them coming out first, announcing first, and then coming out first, then it's it's definitely going to help them. Well, there's a rumor. Again, this is all rumor, and we will, I don't even think we'll know this um, this, this announcement on the twentieth. Um, but they're going to do the same with the four that they did with the three. Um, Edge magazine is saying that it's going to be North America and Japan this year, and Europe next year. I will fucking be fuming if I have to wait. I'm not going to be happy. So so here is the biggest question. I posed this on Twitter a couple of days ago. I'll pose it to you guys right now. What is the magic price that you would pay for a PlayStation 4 on launch day? Mm, good question. Good question. I'm going to have trouble paying more than 399 US dollars for anything <laughs> just based on my uh, financial situation. and uh, Yep. You know, family situation. Yeah. Do you think three nine nine is is the the limit you go to? That's probably the most I would pay. I'd hate. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now, but I hate to tell you this, but you probably won't be getting a place. Well, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. They, they, I I I'm seeing four ninety nine is going to be the starting for it. Now that may be, I tell you what, it may be three fifty nine ninety nine or three forty nine ninety nine for like a base model, but the premium model is going to look at four ninety nine. And you're going to want the premium model because you're going to want all of that downloadable space, you know, that big hard drive, the one or two terabytes that they're going to throw in there. Absolutely. You're going to want you're going to want the the big boy, aren't you? Of course I am. That's uh, and the the thing about it though is that. Um, it, 
it, it's looking like, and this the PlayStation could do this too. It's looking like the Xbox is going to offer some sort of uh, almost like a cell phone plan, where there's a huge, heavy discount on the system with a content subscription. Um, yeah, I've heard about so that. So be sort of subsidized. Yeah, I don't. I don't think PlayStation will take that route. I think. Um, I think they've got plans for the PlayStation Plus service. I think Gaikai is going, or whatever Gaikai becomes, is going to be heavily involved in that. Um, I still think they're going to want to offer the same level of like free service when it comes to online gaming. I also think that Microsoft won't drop the price of the gold with the next Xbox. I think they're going to be stubborn, and I think that could prove costly to them. I don't know, man. Uh, I, I think it. there's going to be. I think there's going to be a subscription that's built in to um, uh, the Xbox Live is a part of that probably is more than that. There, there's talk that there's going to do. They're going to do a um, like a almost like a cable television subscription as well, where you would be able to use the um, uh, Xbox as your cable set top box, um, mm. and then it would also include. Xbox Live and any of the content available. Well, it, I mean, if if the, if Xbox intend to do that with the next model, um, I think that would be good for those that can't afford the three nine nine four nine nine asking price that's going to be there. But I don't use you, you end up paying more money, much like a cell phone subscription. Yeah, you pay way over the odds in the long run. Um, you know, I think I, I know they've tried it out in the US that kind of model with one of their Xbox. Um, slim models, but they've not tried it out over here. I don't think they get away with it over here. In all honesty, I think they'd struggle with it. Um, we'll get raped, of course, on the price conversion. Um, uh, you might as well change that dollar sign to a pound sign, and you expect that's what we'll be paying, which again is rather annoying. Um, but I've got high hopes for the PlayStation's generation. I think they could. Uh, they could really do something special here and, as Drew said, get themselves back on track and, you know, really bring it home. So, fingers crossed that the announcement's good. It doesn't fall flat on its ass. It's what people want to see. And they'll get excited for E3 in the year to come. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited to see what they got. Yeah, me too. Um, Hey, uh, what do you think... Um... What do you think is going to happen this fall if both systems come out and they're both, let's say, between 450 to 500, but they both come out within like a two-month window of each other? I mean, do you really think that a lot of people will actually be picking up both, or do you no. think? No, no, absolutely no. not, no. At, at that point, the, you're going to be looking at the service you're going to get what you're going to get for your money? Um, yeah, uh, I think that's what that, that's going to play a lot heavily into it. Um, you're also not going to know price and release date until as late as they can possibly yeah. make it, because yeah. you, they, people are going to have to decide on yeah. one or the other. This is a lot different economy than what the last two systems were released into. So, uh, and also, I, think, bearing uh, I, I just think they're going to have a tough time selling even one console at five hundred dollars. Yeah, I I agree, and because not too many gamers are going to be able to afford both of them, I do I do see the whole fanboyism becoming even worse the next generation. 
course. Yeah, it yep. always does. First yeah. part of the generation, it yeah. always spikes up again. I hate mm-hmm. to say this, but people have chose a side because you can ask any video game player out there that owns a PS3 and a 360 at the same time and say, which one do you play most of your games on? If they say PS3, they'll get a PS4. Right. If they say 360, they're getting the 720. I don't know. I'm one of the people that say 360, but lately I've been turned off with what Microsoft do with the service that they provide, and I've been really excited by the PlayStation Plus stuff. And right now, I'm kind of fine towards, if the service is good, fine towards PlayStation 4. Um, yeah. They need to sharpen up their um, user interface, I think, that the PlayStation 3 has an incredibly dull user interface. I'm not saying that the um, win, uh, the Windows tile system on the Xbox 360 is perfect, Complete but crap. It, <laughs> it, at least, it, at least it looks interesting. I um, I have a feeling this is just me. When PlayStation 4 launches and they have the updated PSN or whatever the hell they want to call it, um, it will be comparable to Xbox Live. I think that they're going to have finally have cross-game chat. Yeah. I, th- I think they're going to have more connectability with everybody. You're going to be able to see your friends. You'll be able to hit your hit one single button on your controller to automatically bring up your friends list. Or you see a buddy come online, you can hit a button. It automatically brings him up. So, you, it's, so you're going to be more involved with the people on your friends list. I think that's what they're going to do. If they don't, they may very well even sign their death warrant. Because they need to get something that is as good as Xbox Live. Yeah, I yeah. think sign their death warrant's probably a little excessive. I don't know, um, man. I mean, they yeah. they managed to survive pretty successfully this generation without it. So, as as much as it would be a, a negative, I don't. I mean, I don't think it would be the make or break of the system. Cross-game yeah. chat's overrated anyway. I don't know, dude. There's been so many times somebody like send me a message or something like that, and instead of me having to type it out on my fucking controller, I just want to like you know jump into a chat with them. It's like, yes, I will be there in ten minutes, you know, and it, I can't do it. It says, oh, well, you need to quit this game first. That's different for you. I don't like talking to people, so. Well, <laughs> I don't either, but. <laughs> So. It's going to be interesting. I'm really looking forward to it. February is going to be exciting for that. Um, you'll get lots of build-up, and the rumor mill will, you know, run over time up until then. But you know, I only got a couple of weeks to wait. So this is true. The uh, the only other question I have for you guys: backwards compatibility. Do you think it will come with it? Nope. I think it will be part nope. of the Gaikai service. Yeah. yeah. It's a different. It's a different. Um, Hierarchy is building on, isn't it? It's um, using AMD chips, or apparently, um, it's not using the cell processor. It, it, it without putting a cell processor in there, it won't be able to do it. So yeah, I think the backwards. Make... Go ahead. I was going to say that's going to make it more expensive for a console. So I think this is all being building up to the the Gaikai stuff. I agree. Yeah, I agree too, but it breaks my heart. Why? Yeah, I mean. As long as they've got a good streaming service with a lot of stuff on it, I'm fine. If they, yeah, but I mean, how much are you going to have to pay for that? How much are you going to have to pay for the games that you already fucking own? PlayStation Plus subscription. Well, if that's the case, I'm already a PlayStation Plus subscriber, exactly. so I'm, I'm fine with that. But yeah. if 
I have Far Cry 3 sitting right there on my shelf in PlayStation 3 form, and they're wanting me to spend $15 to download it or stream it through Gaikai, you can kiss my ass. Or well, why don't you just keep your PlayStation 3? Yeah. Because I need money to get a PlayStation 4. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to think about these things, haven't you? Yeah, we'll learn more. Thing. We, I think they're going to. I think with the announcement of the four, if it is the announcement of the four, I think they're going to tell us what's coming with it and what we can expect. You know, what services we can expect with it. I think we'll get a, a much clearer idea with the with the twentieth announcement. Yeah, I am thoroughly excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm already saving up. I've been saving up. It's just. <sighs> I mean, I have a house to pay for. <laughs> yeah, you know, it does get tough. So, but yeah, I mean, that's that's the system I'm gonna get, no matter what. If if it comes down to it, and yeah, I stumble upon some money or save enough to where I can get both of them, that's great. But if I don't have enough money for both of them, the PlayStation Four is the one I'm going to get. I've already made up my mind about that. Yeah, without I, seeing anything. Without saying anything. Yes, I'm a fanboy. I've said it before. <laughs> yeah, um, more than likely, right now, I would get a PS4 over the next Xbox. Um, but it just—it's all about what they have, what games they have for me right now. But overall, since I like Japanese games, I'm leaning more towards uh, Sony. Yeah. Well, it took you three years to get an Xbox, didn't it? No. Uh, I thought you first got an Xbox with Modern Warfare 2. No, his broke. Oh, uh, okay. That'll explain. Okay. It, it, it broke, and then I uh, I basically uh, saved up money, and I was without an Xbox for like six, uh, seven a, months, something yeah. like that. Yeah, it was a long time. I remember that. Yeah, and then I uh, got the Mod Warfare 2 Xbox, which <laughs> freaks me. I remember playing Modern Warfare 2 with you. <laughs> yeah, we did some the, co-op uh, missions. The, heli- the helicopter mission. Yeah. That was but, fun. Right, that well. was when he socialized, socialized with the little people. Yeah. <laughs> now, he, now he's like the King George Washington. Yeah, exactly. The tyranny of Gambus Khan. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, that's pretty much all the news that we have um you know obviously the big announcement that's possibly the announcement to the announcement is the biggest announcement that we have so um <laughs> but we can move on to the twitter we 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 did the uh, emails and stuff like that um we got that one out of the way let's see here let's see uh mookie's groove says Okay, so far Persona 4 didn't bore me compared to Final Fantasy 13 after three to four hours in. Not bad, but I will hope for better outcome later. He also says go Ravens. Go who? The Ravens. Ravens. Oh, uh, right. I thought he said Raiden. I thought, what? <laughs> go um, Raiden. Get your ass in game, Mookie's grave. Persona 4 is brilliant. Yes. Yep. See here, uh, Blue Apple Blue says, "When is your wake up club time?" Do what? What? When is your wake up club time? I, wake I, up club time. 
I know I have what, no idea what you're about. That's about. Um, it's uh, it's a new feature on uh, PS Vita. Um, I actually downloaded it, but I have not done anything with it yet. So what's I guess that then? It's some kind of like uh, social network like uh, alarm. Let's see. Your PlayStation Vita's Wake Up Club is your new social alarm clock. Oh, for fuck's sake! It, so what does it do? Let's see here. Available to free for free to owners of the PlayStation Vita handheld gaming device, this application makes waking up fun. And it's finally coming to North America today. According to the PlayStation blog, gamers can personalize the virtual alarm clock with a tone and background theme that's pleasing to them. So it's a lot better than hearing the same dreadful buzzing every day. Well, my alarm clock is a Tetris alarm clock, and I get the Tetris theme every time I wake up. <laughs> Awesome. So screw you, Vita. I have the classic. My alarm clock is my phone, and it's got the handy. My Galaxy S3 has the handy. Um, slowly start playing the music three minutes before the alarm goes off, so that you gradually wake up. Um, which is pretty awesome. And my wake up time is usually right around six. Oh, crikey! Oh, I wake up at five thirty. Fuck about oh, well, one upper. Seven o'clock is me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lane kind of man. <laughs> and my job doesn't start until nine, so. I, uh, I usually, uh, go to sleep twice because of my third shift job. Yeah. I usually, um, I usually wake up for the first time at about 3 p.m. And then I usually take a few hour nap. Late in the day, and usually wake up right before eleven o'clock. What time do you go in? I go into my job at midnight. Oof. Fuck about. You know, I've worked night shift a bunch. You know, I've I'm a veteran of it. When you work night shift, it seems like you need more sleep during the yeah. day. Yep. So it's I trust me. I know where you're coming from. It's been rough. I've I've done it before too. Yeah. But yeah. I don't have a Vita, so unfortunately I can't get one of those fancy alarm clocks. I just have the classic. <laughs> <laughs> Scares the shit out of you. You fall out of bed. Ah, it gets you up, doesn't it? It does get you up. <laughs> Turn that racket off, please. Let's see here. RIP Skate Destroy says you can choose one game that'll get a sequel. What game? No Killer Instinct allowed. <laughs> Have a great show. Choose one game to get a sequel. Yeah. A new Legacy of Kane. Oh, uh, yeah, that would be cool. I knew I knew you was going to say that. That's uh, right. Let's see. I'm going to say I want a next-gen version of the, I don't know if it's 1987 Capcom arcade title, Strider. Strider. Oh, nice. Strider, you would say that, wouldn't you? Yeah. I love Were, weren't they working on a Strider game for a while and they canceled it or something? Um, well, they did release a Strider 2 for the original PlayStation back in the, right around 2000. Um, and I think it might have been like 99 or 98, somewhere around there. But uh, it was very limited 
copies in the United States. I actually imported the Japanese version and, uh, and played it on a Japanese PlayStation, I guess. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I also, um, uh, let's see, what's the, what's the name of the game called? It was the same makers of Strider, but they made a four player um, downloadable game for the um, Xbox and PSN. I can't remember the name of it. It's not. It's not Strider, so it's not a proper sequel. But it's um, it's from the same makers, and it's almost a spiritual successor to Strider because it has a very similar gameplay to uh, Strider Two. I know what you're talking about, but I can't remember the name of it to save my life. Yeah, me neither. But uh. Um, it was, it was a fantastic game, but, um, I would like, because the thing I liked about the original Strider was that certain parts of the game made me feel vertigo, <laughs> even it, even though it was only a 2D side-scrolling game, which is kind of weird, just because the platforming was, uh, kind of outrageous, and, and, and the game, if you play Strider, it's one of the most ADD 2D platforming games ever. Like one stage would have like five or six different musics, music tracks, and there would be like something different going on like every other minute that you're playing the game. Like one minute you're fighting this giant robotic monkey, the other minute you're climbing a wall, the next minute you're flying around a zero gravity thing while fighting a boss while you're floating in zero G the next minute you're in a jungle uh, basically on like vines and stuff. It's really crazy. And I would love a next gen version of that kind of mentality of the original strider where it's like you're doing something different every few minutes. And it's just insane. Just insane. Hmm. I have two. One of them being, well, they're both nostalgic for me. One of them being The Legend of Dragoon. Mm. I'd always love to see a uh, sequel to that. It's one of my all-time favorite role-playing games. Yes. Um, the other one is something that I think everybody may have forgot about. I freaking love the game. Completed it 100%. Uh, it was on the N64. It was a game called Jet Force Gemini. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a great game. I love Jet Force Gemini. It was a rare game. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'd also love uh, a sequel to Psychonauts, but I know that's not ever going to happen. <laughs> yeah. mm. That's been like that sequel to Dark Side, as we all want. <clears throat> yeah. What about you, I would say. I would say... Um, Probably two. Uh, I'd, I think it's time for Shinobi to come back. Ooh. The, I love those games, and that PlayStation 2 game that they made wasn't fantastic. Maybe um, that's the reason why they haven't made it anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, but I'd like to see maybe something new with that one. Um, and just for shits and giggles, Chuck the Egg, because that's the first game I ever played on the BBC Acorn computer. Oh. Chuck Yeager? Chuck Egg. 
Chucky Egg. It was a, it was a, yeah, you probably never even heard of it. Never heard of um, it. No, it's a, uh, my, my dad's uh, first computer that he bought was a BBC Acorn, um, which I think turned, if I remember rightly, then turned into the Amstrad. But um, at the time, it was, uh, it was a game called Chucky Egg. So C-H-U-C-K-I-E, Egg. So just YouTube that and you might find some gameplay. And it's, it's just a, the weirdest game. It was really simple. You had platforms and you were riding an, uh, an, an I think I remember an ostrich and you just had to collect the eggs, um, in the screen and you'd have to avoid the ghosties or the enemies. I can't remember what they were. And it would become more increasingly more difficult each level. Um, and my dad not only um, played it for quite a while, but when he got a computer that couldn't play it, he wrote his own version of it. So nice. he learned he learned code to make his own version because he couldn't get it anymore. Um, and it, I remember it just being the first game I ever played. It's never going to have a sequel. It's you know it's completely irrelevant nowadays, um, but it's uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic game. I just remember playing. Well, maybe you ought to learn to write your own version. There you go. Nah, fuck that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. We got one more. It's from uh, Encore O three. Says, uh, are you guys more excited about next gen sequels or next gen new IPs? Uh, that's a good new IPs probably yeah new IPs is appealing however I really want to see Uncharted 4 I really want to see Infamous 3 hmm the thing is with with me it, it, I love sequels and I love new IPs um what I, what I really love is when like a sequel shakes it up um, like dramatically you know that's kind of like the new tomb raider yeah kind of like the new tomb raider something like like the super mario brother games um like maybe get like 3d mario games from the 2d (laughs) uh the uh although i mean that's a that's a pretty good example because i mean mario galaxy was a lot different than its predecessor uh mario Sunshine sunshine was a lot different than its predecessor and then look what they did. You know, I loved Sunshine. I actually thought that was quite good. I loved Sunshine. Completed that I've 100%. Never played Galaxy. Never played Galaxy. Galaxy was really fun. Galaxy 1 and 2 were really fun. Um, no, I, I just haven't... I don't, I don't think I, uh, I... They didn't ever bother with the Wii, so I kind of never picked them up. But um, yeah, yeah, the Galaxy games are fantastic. I'm looking forward to uh, Mario Universe, which I'm pretty sure that will be the title. Well, there you go. I think um, I'm excited for both, but I'd love to see some new IPs. I'd like, you know, some that are good, not just, you know, I really don't want to see another military shooter. Exactly. You know, unlucky. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, we got like 18 new IPs. They're all based on Call of Duty. Yeah. Exactly. Until that stops selling, that's gonna what they're gonna keep on making because these new games are gonna have to sell some, and to sell it, you know, gun sell. Yeah, it's gonna be the most realistic military shooting game ever. You know, well, one bullet permadeath. 
you see that would be fantastic. I would a- I would actually be more interested in in those in a, than in that than if it was just Call of Duty. Sounds like the old school Rainbow Six and Ghost Recons. Yeah. You get shot twice, you're dead. Yep. So well, I I um, I think that you're gonna have to have your sequels. You're gonna have to have your, your sellers like Modern Warfare's, like apologies, like your Fifas and your Maddens, because that's what's gonna keep these companies afloat while they develop new IP. And yeah. uh, you know, yes, everyone's excited about that. I mean, it, it's a very good chance that that Watch Dogs could actually be on the next generation of console, um, and that looks like an exciting new IP. And fingers crossed, we'll see more of that. But you're going to have to you're going to have to take some of the churned out stuff in, to enable us to see some of the good stuff. But you know, I think um, as with the latter half of or the latter stages of this cycle, a lot of the originality is going to come from indie development. Yep. Yep, I totally agree. Very true. That's where you're going to see. That's where you're going to see innovation and um, you know really edgy stuff that you wouldn't, you know, the publishers wouldn't take a risk on because uh, you know the stakes are upped with a new generation of consoles. It's going to cost more to make games. So although you'll see some new IP, you, you're not going to see the kind of level of invention that you will see on the PC in the you know coming years. You know what'd be freaking awesome is if that if the PS4 with the uh, the streaming service the the Gaikai, if not only did it streamlined all other PlayStation games, but if it actually had channels like the PlayStation One channel or the role playing game channel, but what if they had that indie channel, a whole channel just like dedicated to streaming indie games, and what if down the road, like this service becomes like the Netflix of video games where it's like super popular. You don't know. I mean, with, with technology now, it, more and more things are becoming possible. There's no reason why that might not be something they think about in the future. Maybe having dedicated channels to, to stream certain games and, and maybe, um, developers being able to release new games via the streaming service. I mean, you, you don't know. It's it's all possible as soon as people's broadband. I mean, that's the issue, isn't it? It's people's broadband connection. Not everyone can can stream high quality visuals via via a console. So, uh, yeah. you know the the uh, the integration of you know better broadband. The infrastructure has all got to to sort of to, to be there for, to to enable this service. But you know. The next generation of consoles are going to be six, seven years, hopefully again. A lot can change in that period of time, and, and you know, services can grow and um, evolve. Yep, that is definitely true. Absolutely. Yeah, every every six months, the world overall becomes significantly even more connected. Yeah, sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It definitely does have its dark side, big time. Yeah. But anyway, that's all the tweets. That's everything. We've covered everything. Everybody talked to us. Thank you again for your tweets. If you want to tweet to us, it's at N4G Podcast. Definitely send us a tweet. We usually tweet to uh, uh, say that we're getting the show started, and we'll read out your tweets on the show. Um, cool. Yeah. But uh, you can also send us an email. It's uh, 
podcasts at ztgamedomain.com. You can check us out on Facebook as well as on Raptor. We have our own little Raptor channel where I post all of our special stuff. Special stuff. Yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry. That was mildly offensive. I do apologize. But anyway. Um, I thought people can hear this. <laughs> Jason, you want to do the shout outs for us? Oh, we still doing shout outs. Did they come back? No, I mean, we're doing our, our shout outs. Oh, I, was I, just, I just let Jason do them. Oh, bless him. You're going you're gonna to let me do them? Absolutely. All right. Well, um. Crap. Um, <laughs> okay. You you t- you're asking the person to give out all of our social information that doesn't ever do any social stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he can tell you his own Twitter name, let alone ours. Yeah, um, well, go to ztgd.com for your video game news and reviews. And you can follow me on Twitter at GambusCon. And then you guys can tell <laughs> Twitters. I am at DML Fury. I am at R Wombold. And at John W. UK. Oh, almost forgot that bit. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, also, just a quick shout. Um, I'm just checking the UK iTunes store, and you fuckers still haven't left us a review in almost a year. Yeah. The last review was the 20th of April. Wow. Please, we we just want to know people are out there listening. Go over to iTunes if that's where you download your podcasts from, and leave us a little review. That would be so nice. Absolutely, you could do it on the American one too because we don't have any. Last one we had was from Barack Obama. Oh, well, that's all right then. What yeah. did he say? He liked our show. Well, of course he does. Mm-hmm. He's the president. <laughs> the president. president. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's pretty much it. Check out Phoenix Down. Um, we're not going to have one this week, uh, but we will have one the week after. Hopefully, uh, yeah. going playing through Heavenly Sword. We're gonna have John and Matt joining me. We're gonna play through that very short game and talk about it. Cool. And we'll have some fun there. So Looking definitely check it. it out. Um, and that's pretty much it. So um, we're out of here. We're getting Should ready. We, clock off? we we will cluck off. We're gonna we're gonna do a special Super Bowl cluck off. So Jason. Okay, and it goes something like this. Welcome to the N4G Podcast. Mario! Zero dollars! This is gonna be a very interesting episode. Yeah.